Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. You're listening to Done By Law, brought to you by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Good evening and welcome to Done By Law on 3CR 855am, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. It's 6.01 and you're here with Beth and Marissa. How far do Superfund trustees need to consider climate risk when investing our money? This question is being put to the test in a legal action recently filed by Environmental Justice Australia on behalf of Mark McVeigh, who is a member of the Superfund REST. It's the first time this duty has been raised in court in Australia and maybe even the world. To talk about the case, we're joined by Mark McVeigh, who's trying to hold his Superfund to account, and David Bunden, Principal Lawyer at EJA, or Environmental Justice Australia. Good evening, Mark and David. Good evening. First, a question to Mark. And what led you to taking this action against your Superfund? Yeah, sure. Um, so I studied ecology at uni, um, so I'm always interested in the impacts of climate change. Um, and on social media one day, I came across a superannuation tool on the Market Forces website, um, which basically lets you see what climate change risk management your super is doing. Um, so I, I looked up my super and it came up with nothing. Um, they hadn't had a statement or anything on behalf of my super, which is REST. So I sent some emails to REST and there was a bit of back and forth, but basically they couldn't tell me anything. So that's when I went back to Market Forces and they got me in touch with David at EGA. Great. And um, now a question for you, David. What made this case one that you thought that EJA should take up? Well, it's a really interesting example of super funds really fobbing off their members on climate change. So Mark had gone to the trouble of asking REST about uh, whether it was complying with legal standards, which were set out in in, a, in that opinion by um, a, a very well-respected barrister from Sydney, Noel Hutley SC, and um, another barrister, James Mack. Uh, and the fact that REST didn't give him really any information which which would enable Mark to make a, a decision on how REST was being managed, we thought there was an important issue at law there. And we could also see broader impacts um, on the superannuation industry. So we were very attracted to the case and, and very happy to help Mark out. So Mark, what were you hoping to get back from REST when you asked the question? Yeah, so basically I wanted some some transparency and some like hard uh, information about what they were exactly doing. Um, basically, all they were giving me was single-sentence answers um, that they took environmental and sustainability issues uh, into account, but nothing solid, um, nothing mentioning the TCFD anyway. Yeah. 
Um, and what is the TCFD now that has been mentioned? Um, yeah, so it's a task force on climate change, financial disclosures. David probably could talk a bit more about it, but it's basically brought on by the G20. Basically lists a bunch of requirements and um, recommendations for companies to manage climate change risk. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So um, the task force was born out of the Financial Stability Board, which came about in, in the G20 as a result of the global financial crisis. So what the global leaders could see was that climate change uh, could cause major impacts to the global financial system and uh, impacts to its stability, like we saw in the GFC. So they went through a process and came up with these recommendations, which included disclosure standards for for investors uh, like superannuation funds, so the, their members like Mark can, can understand what they're doing. And they also included internal requirements, such as to to stress test their portfolios under under certain climate change scenarios, uh, particularly a uh, a scenario which would see the world limit climate change to well below two degrees. Before we go on, um, the phrase climate risk, what does that refer to? Um, it refers to a couple of things. They're generally categorised as physical risks and transition risks. Now, physical risks are things which can occur to to infrastructure, to, to houses, to, to property, and include things like um, sea level rise, uh, bushfires, hurricanes or extreme weather events, which are all predicted to be uh, more common as a, and, and more intense as a result of climate change. And as for transition impacts, we're talking about things like changes to energy markets, uh, changes to demand for, for fossil fuels, uh, changes to, to regulation. So, so these affect rest in, in terms of its physical risks and its infrastructure assets and in terms of its uh, other investments in, in equities. And, and, you know, for example, it might invest in, in coal companies which, um, which could be impacted by climate change risks. Right. So um, what's being claimed in this case in particular? So first off, Mark um, wanted information. So we filed the claim saying that REST must provide him the information that he asked for, and that's information that under the corporation's law he has a, a right to, and it's information which would enable him to make an informed decision on how the fund is being managed. We we filed that claim in July. There was some correspondence between the parties um, in, in which we understand REST put forward the position that it had provided Mark all the information it needed to, and as a result, we, we filed an updated claim in, in which we alleged that if that was the case, if indeed Mark had all the information, then there would be a breach of the trustees' duties in order to act um, in Mark's best interests and to act with the appropriate degree of care, skill and diligence. So what are these trustee duties? And I understand there have been newish duties sort of revamped in the last few years as well. Yeah, that's right. So, so the claim is under two heads of duties, and and as I said before, the first is um, to act in in the best interests of beneficiaries, and that's um, typically understood to be the um, the beneficiary's best financial in- interests. So, 
the, the trustees need to think about how investments are made, maybe investments um, to avoid, and, and what precautions to take in, in analysing those investments. The other duty is duty to act with care, skill and diligence. And so that's when the trustee has the information about climate change, the information that uh, will inform these views, then they must act appropriately. Before 2013, that duty was to a standard of a prudent person. So the superannuation trustee had to act to a legal standard of a prudent person. After the um, superannuation reforms came in in 2013, that duty changed to to act with care, skill and diligence to the level of a prudent superannuation trustee. So it's a stronger standard and it hasn't been the subject of a judicial decision. So, so we're breaking new ground here. And Mark, before we go into a break, how does this at all connect with um, the sorts of things you were studying? Yeah, so ecology is all about, mostly just about, you know, measuring the environment. And it involves a lot of modelling, a lot of looking ahead and seeing what things are going to look like in the future and trying to predict what's going to happen. So as far as what I've studied, it, it really just gives you a mindset of looking ahead and trying to consider, you know, what you can do now or what's the best actions to take and to ensure a better outcome uh, in the future. And does climate risk play a part in that in your study too? Yeah, um, I mean, all ecology pretty much takes climate change into account nowadays. And, yeah, it, it definitely did. Yeah, cool. So I think we're about to have a short break, and we've got a song that you chose, Mark, lined up. Um, why did you pick this song? Ah, uh, well, it's a great song. Um, and I, I can't pretend to fully understand all of Gambino's lyrics, but I think this one definitely has a reference to climate change in it and change in people as well and their actions as well. Cool. That's we've got... Quite yeah, thanks. We've got Feels Like Summer by Childish Gambino. Thanks. It's 6.16 and you're with Beth and Marissa on Done by Law, 3CR, 855am, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. That was Feels Like Summer by Childish Gambino. On our show this evening, we're talking about how far Superfund trustees need to consider climate risk when investing our money in the context of a recent court case filed by Environmental Justice Australia, or EJA, on behalf of a member of the Superfund REST. We're talking with Mark McVeigh, the plaintiff in this case, who's trying to hold his Superfund to account, and David Bounden, principal lawyer at EJA, who's the lawyer running this case. So a question for both of you. How do you see this case fitting in with action on climate change more broadly? Mark, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I think many companies are changing their ways. I think that's mostly spurred on by a lot of shareholders making lots of noise about it and it's pretty common to turn up to an annual general meeting and there being a big sustainability report being handed out. So I think it definitely fits in with an ongoing trend in the global market to, to swing to this kind of consideration. And it seems like it's something that perhaps makes people think about something quite dry perhaps, like super fans. Yeah, yeah, that too as well. I mean, um, a lot of people my age definitely don't consider super at all and uh, anything that can make them, you know, start thinking about this stuff and definitely think about what kind of risks are involved uh, when you start taking climate change into account as well. Uh, it's very important. 
And how about from the EGIA? How does it fit with other cases that you might be involved with or other actions on climate change that you see through the EGA? It's an interesting progression. Um, a member of the Super Fund bringing a case against that fund and it's indicative of a, of a change that we're seeing around the world where you know, people with financial interests in, in funds and companies, so super fund members and, and shareholders, are bringing action against those entities. Previously in environmental law, um, a lot of court cases were around reviewing ministerial decisions to allow projects and allow them to proceed. And often you'd see a positive outcome for um people concerned about the environment only for ministers to go back and remake the decisions and for those coal mines to go ahead. So so now we're in a um a world where there's a there's a vacuum in terms of at least Australian government policy that's been notoriously difficult to impact. And so we have these these types of actions um that, that Mark's bringing and that um shareholders are bringing. So, for example, last year EJA um, helped two two mum and dad shareholders in the Commonwealth Bank bring an action against the bank, um, or alleging that its directors had failed to adequately disclose the risks that climate change posed to the bank and the bank's investments. And so, there was a really good outcome in that case where the bank changed its its behaviour and started to tell shareholders about climate change risks. Um, first, it was just a, a smaller disclosure and a smaller statement about climate change risks. And, and more recently, it's developed into quite a sophisticated analysis of potential losses to the value of its mortgage portfolio and, um, and other items. So, so Mark's case is really right on the, on the cutting edge of climate litigation. And um, um, yeah, we're very proud to support him. And has the task force that was mentioned before, so you're talking about the um, lacuna in, say, domestic policy on climate risk, but the task force that you mentioned, has that been used in Australia before, their recommendations? Well, it's it's certainly supported by, by regulators in the sense that recently ASIC uh, released a report saying it it recommended that directors of listed companies uh, look at the TCFD recommendations um, and and take them into account when they're they're looking at their risks to the business. Um, but what what we see and and what is interesting about this TCFD is that it um, it deals with a, um, a a climate change scenario of of less than two degrees. So so this is this is what the Paris Agreement is is um, trying to achieve. So so it considers that as one of the most important scenarios and it requires companies and oh sorry it recommends that companies and and businesses like like rest report against a um against the climate goals of the paris agreement um and, and what what this case is trying to do and, and what it's alleging is that the um a prudent superannuation trustee uh should comply with the recommendations of the tcfd um as a as a legal standard, so so it's a what what we see happening or or trying to happen through through these pleadings is that um, uh, a very well respected voluntary standard, which is being increasingly taken up by um, by entities in Australia um, by a number of super funds. It's been uh, recommended 
to um, um, you know, to be to be considered by by the regulators, and and we we see this um, as an attempt to um, install voluntary standards into a uh, into a legal standard. So it's very interesting from that perspective. And um, from the legal perspective, what do you think nationally and possibly globally the implications of this de- decision might be? Um, th- no matter which way it goes, ultimately. Um, well, look, we'd, we'd certainly um, like a like a positive outcome for Mark, and um, and what we've done in the pleadings is attempt to flesh out what um, what, what a prudent superannuation trustee should be doing, and one of those aspects, as we've spoken about, is is that they should comply with the TCFD recommendations. We also allege that. Um, they need to take into account climate change when um, uh, reviewing their risk management strategy, uh, when reviewing their their investment strategy, and um, and when asking investment managers, so so the the organisations that actually do the day to day investing of the assets, um, we say that the trustees should get information from those managers about climate change risks to um, to the investments. So. Um, we, we think if if we're successful, um, it should provide some really substantial um, um, su- substantial requirements on on super funds to comply with on trustee duties, and and because we're dealing with some some legal standards which are more or less common around the world for for fiduciaries, um, you know, to act in the best interests of of beneficiaries, then we think it should echo around the world and have a pretty big impact. And that's a that's a lot of capital we're talking about. Yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting. Mark, what do you hope this case will achieve? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, um, a change in REST um, is my main goal. I mean, if, if it can have a wider effect on the greater industry, that's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and any final comments before we round out? Um, from from my perspective, uh, we're really privileged to support Mark and, and support young people who are who are interested in, and engaged, and and I think it's it's a really important example of how how people can go about influencing um, behaviour of of the organisations that they're a part of, and so it's it's, it's a great example of of an engagement strategy for for people rather than just to say oh no look. I, I don't like what you're doing, so I'm going to leave. Um, it, it's a fantastic example of people saying, no, look, I'm going to stick around and, and I'm going to engage with you and, and, and see what I can change. And, and it's, a very, it's a very powerful mechanism. Yeah, cool. Thanks to both of you. Um, anything from you, Mark? Um, I, I would just implore listeners to look into their superannuations and, and kind of question what their risk management is as far as climate change is concerned. Yeah, and um, you mentioned Market Force. That sounds like a good resource for people to check out. Yeah, they've got a superannuation tool. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can always just uh, contact your super directly as well. Um, I suppose you don't have to get into a big legal battle over it as well, but you can definitely contact them. Yeah, cool. And we'll all be following the case pretty closely and hopefully we'll be able to report back on it at a later show. 
Um, thank you very much to both of you. Um, it's 6.27 and you've been listening to Done By Law on 3CR 855 AM, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We've been talking with Mark McVeigh, a Superfund member taking action on climate change, and David Bunden, Principal Lawyer at Environmental Justice Australia. Thanks very much, Mark and David. And uh, stay tuned for Voice of West Papua coming up next. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.